Hi, and welcome to the Lawyer Mastermind Podcast, where we learn from the experts how to make your law firm stronger, more profitable, and easier to run. Today, I'm joined by Janet Falk, the Chief Strategist of Falk Communications and Research. Thanks for joining us today, Janet. My pleasure, Casey. Happy to be here. Awesome. So, you know, today we're going to be talking about how to rev up your newsletter. Uh, I understand that you have quite a bit of experience with newsletters. Yes, I've been writing my newsletter for too many years. <laughs> too many. Okay. Well, that sounds like a long time and that's great. And you know, what's funny is I've worked with a lot of law firms over the past decade, but surprisingly few of them have either had an active newsletter or maybe they've started one and abandoned it. You know, I, I find that not a ton of law firms that I've worked with have this. Is that your experience or? No, I agree with you. More people should have a newsletter because it is the best way to keep your name under the nose of the many people in your circles. It could be your current clients, it could be your lapsed clients, it could be your referral sources, it could be members of the community that you're in touch with, it could be elected officials that you want to keep top of mind because you mm -hmm. have a point of view that they ought to be taking into account. It could be uh, people that you've been on the other side of regarding a transaction or a litigation. And who knows when down the pike, they're going to resurface in your life, or they may refer you some business, or you may refer some business to them. So there are so many people that you have in your circles, Casey, that mm -hmm. being in touch with them via, via newsletter is a very simple and direct way. And it's a way that you can passively keep your name in front of them. Yeah, you know, that's a good point. And I think you touched on something that's really important. Um, that I see just commonly with how law firms market themselves is maybe they're really heavy into TV advertising or SEO or whatever, but they get that initial lead or maybe they turn them into a client or they don't, but then that's kind of the end of that relationship. Uh, and that can't really help growing their brand, you know? So I like what you were saying about staying in front of them, you know, that awareness. So since you've already talked about some of the benefits, what are the, the other benefits of having a newsletter? I think one of the things that you can do with a newsletter is you can very easily drive someone to your website. You mm -hmm. can have them pursue other ideas and information and resources on your website. So you can direct them to uh, best practices. You can direct them to an article. You can direct them to a recording of a webinar. Got it. So obviously there's a lot of different benefits there. Uh, when it comes to a newsletter. So I, when you were first starting to list the benefits, one of the things you mentioned was website content. Can you reuse website content for a newsletter? How are people getting content for their newsletter? Well, uh, I like to do a variety of things. One is I like to talk about a client's success and what were the lessons learned from that experience. So that's one idea that I have. Um, and if you take that and you expand upon it, then you give someone else the tips that they need so that they can be following these best practices. Um, you certainly can repurpose the content of an article in which you were quoted and talk about how this is relevant and expand upon that. You can talk about uh, a podcast or a webinar where you've been involved and expand upon that content. You can take anything that you've commented on on LinkedIn or on social media, and a newsletter has infinite space. So people will read as long as they're interested. So there are many resources that you have at your disposal 
that can provide content for your newsletter, whether it's something that you've written about, something that you've spoken about, a newsletter article where you've been quoted, and so on. Got it. So, I mean, it sounds like there's a lot of different content opportunities. And, you know, that kind of begs the question, how often is too often to send out a newsletter? I know a lot of people are intimidated and they feel like they're going to piss people off or whatnot. So what's your advice there? I think you should have a newsletter quarterly if you're a small firm, because there isn't enough going on that you can keep people up to date with something weekly or even monthly. Now, I'm a communications professional, so I send my newsletter monthly. But I think the average small firm or solo practitioner quarterly is often enough. Okay. Is there uh, a scale where you think too much, where you're sending it too often? And if so, what is that? I think weekly is far too often. The most important thing that I want to share with your listeners today, Casey, is the reader's attention is yours to lose. Now, you've worked very hard to get that person's email address. So you do not want to barrage them or annoy them by contacting them too often because then they're going to delete and eventually unsubscribe. So you haven't done yourself any favor by writing too often. That's why I think monthly is fine if you can handle it. But if you can't, quarterly is often enough. Got it. And for the attorneys that are still on the fence, what, or maybe too intimidated, or maybe don't even know where to start, what's your advice to them? I like to think like a reporter. And a reporter, as you know, talks about the five W's. So Casey, why don't you remind us what the five W's are? Who? Who, what, when, where, why? Exactly. So think about any situation, you know, who is it that's going to be interested in hearing about this? because you may have a diversified client base and not everyone is interested in the same topics, right? So that's the who question. Then the what question is, what do you want them to think about? And then what do you want them to do, right? So who, what will they think about? What will they do next, okay? And then when, is this specific to a certain time of the year? Is it tax related? Or is it something that you know happens all year round? And then where? Where else can they find information on your, re- on your website so that they have the resources to grapple with this issue? And then finally, why? Why should anyone care? How does your idea help another individual or a business or even a corporation so that they will save time, save money, and make more money because they have followed Casey's very sage advice, right? So think about like a journalist, like a reporter, who is going to read it? What will they be interested in? And what will they do next? When are they going to find this insightful and helpful? Where else can they find more information? And why should they care? Because they will save time, save money and make more money because they have listened to your advice. And if you use that as your template, then it just writes itself, right? Because you are answering those basic questions and providing someone with the resources and the additional links or, or tip sheets that they can follow and apply them to their personal life or to their business engagements and go on and prosper. 
Awesome. Okay. Well, let's talk a little bit more about that who too, because I think sometimes one of the disconnects is that audience and, and how are attorneys supposed to get people to sign up for their newsletter? How do you get them on your list? Okay. So I've written a newsletter called Your Gold Mine of 5,000 Contacts. And you would not believe it, but we all of us have so many contacts of people that we've been in touch with over the years. So it may be our law school classmates, it may be uh, people that we were at a previous job with, people who we clerked with, people who were on the other side of a business transaction or a litigation, people who are members of the committee, of the Bar Association, people who you've met at conferences, people who you've spoken on panels with. I mean, the list just goes on. But you cannot automatically subscribe people to your news list. Remember, nope. <laughs> the reader's attention is yours to lose, right? So what I recommend you do is you send a note saying, I'm announcing that I'm launching my newsletter. And I look forward to keeping in touch with you on a more monthly or quarterly basis. And you don't have to do anything to receive my newsletter. If you're not interested, then feel free to unsubscribe. And that's how you start, right? You start with the people that you know, and you let them know that you will be sending them a newsletter so that they expect it and they don't get it entirely out of the blue. Now, going forward, what are you going to do? I have a link in my email signature, which you may have noticed, Casey, where every mm -hmm. month I put the latest issue of my newsletter so that you can click and read it. And then I have a second link. It says, and subscribe here. So right there in my email signature, which goes out to 100 people a day, I am promoting my newsletter content and making it easy for them to subscribe here on my newsletter, uh, to my newsletter, to my email signature. When I have a conversation with someone, before I close, I say, you know, I've really enjoyed talking with you and I'd like to continue to keep in touch. Please subscribe me to your newsletter. And then mm -hmm. they say, I don't have one. They say, well, that's an opportunity for us to talk further. But usually they do. <laughs> and they say, and I say, would you like to keep in touch with me? I'll add you to my newsletter. And what are they going to say? Yes or no? Either they'll say, yes, please do. Or no, I already get too many newsletters. And, and that's fine. So that's how you continue going forward. Now, when we're in a group meeting, whether it's virtual or, or independently, we're having conversations with people. And as you accept their card and say, I want to continue to be in touch with you, then you, you take that opportunity as well. So this is how it's very simple to make your newsletter available to new subscribers by simply introducing it through your email signature and through a topic of conversation. Of course, on your website, you have all your newsletters posted, right? So that anyone yep. can see them on your newsletter. But what I do not like is for people to use the Carly Ray Jepsen approach, which is, hey, I just met you and this is crazy, but here's my <laughs> newsletter. Subscribe, maybe. <laughs> I, I mean, because if we, I just got on your website, which I found out from some other reason. And I'm looking for your content, whatever it is that you have to say about yourself. And then I get that pop-up window that says subscribe to my newsletter. Well, I want to read your newsletter before I decide to give you my very valuable email address. So don't make me subscribe to your newsletter without first showing me 
what it is that you have written in your newsletter. It's something that I, I really don't like and, and I wish that people would avoid. So what I suggest you do is put all your newsletters on your website mm-hmm. because we're talking now in January, but maybe you wrote a newsletter back in October. That would be very helpful to me. But if it's not on your website, then I can't see it. And it's not my fault that I didn't meet you in October. And so I missed out on that opportunity. So yeah, good point. Yeah, so it's very important if you're going to have a newsletter to make all the issues of your newsletter available by putting them on your website. Because otherwise, you're treating me like a second-class citizen because I can't see all the wonderful things that you've been writing about. That's awesome, Janet. And, you know, I like how you're really talking about, too, you really remove that friction through your approach. You're making it easy for people to follow you and you're making it a part of your process. So I can see how that just continues to grow over time. Um, And then, yeah, I mean, I agree with you, too, obviously, having that information on your website. And for anybody that has SEO concerns about that, there is a good way to do that where it doesn't look as duplicate content if it's somewhere else on your website. Um, So that's really shouldn't be a concern either. But, and you know, one thing I didn't mention, I said that a lot of the attorneys that I spoke, have spoken with over the years don't have a newsletter. What I didn't mention is one, uh, some of the attorneys that I know that do do this and do it actively, it is like they, they usually have the stronger brands in their market. They're, they have more of that top of mind awareness, it seems, because they are staying in touch with people who maybe they worked with or met or whatever one year ago or five years ago. So, you know, I, I see the value through it. And, you know, I think you explained that very clearly. And with that, I think the other, oh, go ahead. Is that a newsletter is not one and done, right? No. Mm-hmm. I've already said my newsletter is on my website. My newsletter is in my email signature and I promote it in other ways. I can share it on my LinkedIn post. I can share it on my LinkedIn company page. I can share it on my Facebook company page. I can put it on Twitter. I can put it on Instagram. So it's not one and done. You can make your newsletter content available through any other social media platforms. So mm-hmm. think about that, you know, that that's an opportunity that you keep the content flowing. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, that's great advice. You have one piece of content, you can reuse that 10 different times in 10 different ways. Um, so no, that's amazing advice. So what kind of content should be in there? I know we talked a little bit about, you know, some of the aspects of content that can be in there and you gave some suggestions. Is there any specific content that people should focus on or should it be diversified? I I like to give content that is action oriented, that a person will think, wow, I haven't thought about this in this way before. I really should take whatever step that is, right? So, uh, so for example, I've written about how to get on a podcast and how to answer questions on a podcast, how to introduce yourself to a reporter, how to, I, you know, promote the fact that you're going to speak at an event. And then after you speak at the event, promote what you said about the event. Um, I have a newsletter coming up called Give and Take, which is about, it's not take and give, it's give and take. So you want to be sharing different ideas, introducing people, partnering with your referral sources or with your clients on an article, on a webinar, on a podcast. So I like to use something that is action-oriented 
and that will help you to advance your business. Now, I know there are people who like to take examples from their personal life, and I don't care how talented your children and your pets are, I'm really not interested. It may work for you, but that's not something for me. I wanna remind you, the reader's attention is yours to lose. So if you're not delivering content that's going to meet the interest and the needs of your reader, then they're going to delete and they're going to unsubscribe and that defeats the purpose. Absolutely. Well, no, I mean, that's good advice. So thank you for covering that. And it's easy to lose people's attention these days. That's for sure. So what is your advice to attorneys that don't have a newsletter right now? Should they attempt this on their own? Should they talk to a professional like you? How do you get started? I think there's a few ways to go about it. Uh, you can certainly do it on your own. And I've given a lot of instruction about how I think a newsletter should be written. I think you can work with a professional like myself who will help you with developing content, uh, designing an appropriate and attractive format and pushing it out there. Um, and there are some specialists who do nothing but write newsletters for attorneys. Uh, they happen to be, I think, relatively canned so that, you know, they're always giving certain advice to personal injury or trust and estates or, you know, different kinds of uh, employee relations and, and what have you. So I think it all depends on the time commitment that you have and the budget that you have. That's what it always comes down to in, in marketing terms. Uh, being able to come up with ideas, I don't think is that difficult having the time to do it and having the budget to allocate it. That's really what the attorneys should be thinking about. Got it. No, that makes sense. And I think that's one of the reasons that I've seen so many attorneys start it and maybe like fail because it's nobody's job. They're like, Hey, I have this idea. I want to do it. They get started and then lawyering comes up, you know, real work, I guess. And, uh, so I, I hear you there. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's one thing that I do recommend, and that is to always have an extra newsletter on the shelf, because there will be that time when you're too busy and you're coming up to deadline for your quarterly or monthly, and then you think, oh my God, how am I going to get this done? So having an extra newsletter on the shelf will give you that comfort level and that breathing room. That's awesome. That's good advice. And, you know, speaking of good advice and kind of top tips, are there any top tips or things that you want to tell the audience that I haven't asked you that you want to communicate? So uh, when, you're when you're sending an email newsletter, it gets to your subscribers 90% of the time. And you control the distribution of when it goes out and who it's going to. If you think about the social media platforms, LinkedIn and Facebook, on LinkedIn, only 9% of your contacts are going to see what you post. And on Facebook, only 2% of your fans are going to see what you post there. So that means that more than 90% of the people who you know on Facebook and LinkedIn are not going to see what it is that you're posting. So if you think about it, there is a very well-known firm whose name rhymes with Saturn. And they have 7,000 followers on their Facebook page. So that means that only 1,400 
are going to see what they post there. And they have 60,000 followers on their LinkedIn page. So that means that only 5,400 are going to see what they're posting there. Now, if they have the same content that they're sending out through their email newsletter, I am sure that their list is much bigger than 60,000. So think about that. When you have a newsletter, you control who sees it and when they see it, and it's not determined by the algorithm of the social media plat platform. And I think that's very important. Got it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Janet. You had so much information to share today, and I, I really appreciate uh, you taking the time. Is there any last uh, piece of closing advice you have for our listeners? Well, besides the, the reader's attention is yours to lose, I want to point out that it is very easy to create an email newsletter. There are a lot of platforms that make it accessible. Um, I personally use MailChimp, which is free for the first 2,000 subscribers. And if you have more than 2,000 subscribers, Casey, you can afford to pay for another, uh, another higher level of that service. But there are other services available too. There's Constant Contact and My Emma and Kajabi. So there are many platforms out there and they make it easy for the do-it-yourselfer or the public relations professional consultant to work with your law firm and get the news out there to your subscribers so that whether they're your current contacts, your lapsed clients, people that you know from other bar association activities, people who were on the other side of transactional litigation, the many contacts that you have would be interested in getting your perspective on what it is that they should be doing to save time, save money, and make more money in their business. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much, Janet. If somebody wants to get in touch with you, obviously we see that information behind you, but if you just want to repeat the best ways to get in touch with you, I think that'd be great. Sure. I'm in New York City and my email address is Janet, J-A-N-E-T, at Janet, J-A-N-E-T, L for law, F for France, ALK.com, Janet at JanetLFwalk.com. And I'm happy to speak further about newsletters. I offer a free 30-minute consultation. Great. Well, thank you again for joining us today. You make sure to have a great day, and I look forward to talking to you soon. Absolutely. Thank you, Casey.